it's really great to be with you here today. And I want to thank David for the invitation for being here. It's good to see so many familiar faces as well too. And I've really enjoyed the fellowship as well here this morning. Enjoyed the singing too. There's some really good singing there. And I'm looking forward to spending some time with you around God's Word. Perhaps we could turn to the, the book of Psalms today, please. Psalm 63. Psalm 63. I want to just read. Psalm 63. And God's word says this. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. May God bless the reading of this word. You know, I don't know about you, but I love music. I listen to it all the time, whether that be getting up in the morning, or whether that be when I'm driving about. And sometimes one of my worst habits is, if ever you see me driving down the shankle and you hear some music going and someone singing like an agent at the top of their lungs in the car, that's probably me. I'm usually the per- sort of person that does that. But songs, I love songs because songs can really, they can affect our emotions, can't they? There's some songs that can make us cry. For example, when I hear the birdie song, I really do feel like crying, to be honest, when that comes on. But, you know, there's some other songs that can really lift our hearts as well. Some songs that can really even cheer us up as well too. But songs cover a wide range of emotions. And that's what the the Psalms are in many ways. Prayers or songs as well. And it's almost like a a hymn book in, in many ways. And there's songs all about different things. Some songs of praise. Some songs even of lament where people are crying out to God. And yet these Psalms can be a great help and comfort as well to people. They can be a great encouragement as well. Because actually, some of these psalms, as you read them, you get the sense of they're, they're really very personal. It's almost like giving us a bit of a, a look into someone else's relationship with God. And this psalm that we've read this morning is one that's a really personal one. Did you notice there's a little word, have a look down the psalm, there's a little word that's repeated often. A very, very small word. And it's repeated many, many times. I wonder if you picked up what it is. You find it in verse 1. You find it at uh, verse 3 as well too. And many other places. You are my God. My soul. It talks about my lips. My hands. It's a very personal psalm, this one here. And this psalm is actually all about someone's own heart for God. It's about their relationship with God. It's about someone's devotion for God. You know, when I think about 
when you think maybe about devotion, and when you think about even love as well, what does devotion even speak of in your life? Maybe you might be devoted to maybe a relationship, maybe it's a career, maybe some people are devoted to sport as well. And you can tell a lot about what you're devoted to by how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, and even what you think about as well. You know, just this week, what we've seen is, we've seen actually the the Winter Olympics have been on TV. I don't know if you've been watching any of the Winter Olympics. But in some of them, they've interviewed the athletes and they talk about even what their passions are, how this is their sport, how this is what they, they loved even to do, even from maybe when they were young how it was whatever they thought about. So skiing, for example, if someone's devoted to skiing, it's something they try and do every opportunity they get. If they're devoted to skiing, they spend all their money to try and get the best of equipment. They'll try and maybe read books even all about it as well. If there's any films, I don't know if there's films about skiing or not, but if there's anything like that or any other programs on it, they'll try and do all they can to actually learn about it. When you're devoted to something, it's obvious, isn't it? It's very, very clear. You know, I wonder what our actions, though, tell us about our devotion for God. Is it obvious that we have a heart for God? You know, David, the writer of this psalm, was a man who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. Yet this psalm seems to have been written during a difficult time in his life. Look at the very beginning of the psalm. Even before it, there's a little inscription just under where it says Psalm 63. And in your Bible, maybe it might say, like mine, a psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. You see, even though this is a psalm about someone's devotion for God, it's actually written out of a difficult time in his life. There was one, well, there's actually a couple of times where David actually had to, to flee into the desert, to flee into deserted places as well. And this one's thinking about a time when his son turned against him. Absalom plotted against him, and Absalom had tried to actually take his father's kingdom. Now imagine that. It's a hurtful thing, isn't it, when some people maybe betray you? But when your own son does that, imagine how you would feel. And David's men came to him when he was king and said, David, you know, your son's plotting against you. You're going to need to leave. What if he comes for you now? So here's a man who's a man after God's own heart, but his heart's also like a broken one here as well. But yet, let's look at this psalm and see what a difference it makes to have a heart for God. I'm going to ask David just to, to click through these. So David has to stay awake here this morning. All right. So the first thing we're going to see is a heart for God. What does a heart for God look like? Well, you see in verse 1, a heart for God is one that longs for God. You know, when David left his palace to go to the wilderness, now I've got a picture up here to show you just what the wilderness was like. (coughs) Imagine a man who lived in a palace, a man who had everything essentially he could want in life, and yet he was forced to go to a place that looked like this. A place where, as you look around, there's nothing much you can see around you, other than rocks, sand, and pretty much nothing else. He's far away from, it seems, everyone and everything. But yet, what's interesting in verse 1 is that the thing that he longs for the most is actually God. That's the thing he longs for. We'll go back to the, the next slide there. Thanks, David. Just the next one. You know, during these days, these days in David's life, many things had changed. 
Over the last few days in David's life, he'd been taken from his palace. He'd gone instead to the desert. He'd actually, his uh, many things had changed. His family had turned against him. But here is one thing that hadn't changed. Look at verse 1 again. Oh God, you are my God. That hadn't changed in his life. Though many things changed, God was still his God, the one in whom he trusted. And he speaks of him personally as my God. Here is one who longs for him as a, as a friend as well. Though he'd lost his throne, though he'd lost his home, though he'd maybe even lost his son here, he hadn't lost God. And that was the one he longed for above anything else. And look how strongly he longed for it. Look at verse 1 again, how it goes on. He says, Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He longs after God with his whole being. In other words, all that he has longs for God. And he uses this image of thirsting because he was in that desert. He was in that desert, a place where there wasn't very much water at all. A hot, deserted place. Now, I've never been to desert, but I've been to quite a few hot countries. And if you look at my colour and my hair, you can probably guess I actually don't do too well in hot countries. Usually, you know, there's some people who every time there's a little bit of sun, they think, brilliant, I'll go lie on it and get brown. If I was to do that, you see my face would be the same colour as the jumper I'm wearing right now. That's what would happen to me. So whenever I see a bit of sun, I'm more looking for the shelter than anything. But when you're in a really, really hot country, a really, really warm country, you know, the thing you long for, and they always tell you, make sure you keep drinking water. You long even for that. When you're walking around, you become weary, don't you? Whenever it's a really, really hot day. And of course, David, whenever we want water, if we are on holidays and there's a real hot sun beating down on us and we've maybe been walking for a while and you feel tired, you feel exhausted, you're longing for water, aren't you? What do you do? You go down to the local shop and you get it. But actually, David, that wasn't an option for him. David looked around and there wasn't water nearby. But yet the thing David longed for even more than water was he longed for God. That relationship was even more important to him. You know, I wonder what priority God has in your life. Do we view spending time with God as essential? Do we long for him? You know, no matter how long you've been a Christian, it's so important to spend that time each day in God's word. I remember when we first started at, at Bible college, some of us have been Christians for maybe quite a long time. And yet they started off in the first week by talking to us the importance of reading your Bible. And some of us kind of thought to ourselves, why are they doing this? Sure we know it's important to read your Bible. But yet sometimes in our lives, maybe different circumstances come into our lives. Sometimes in our lives, maybe we're involved in lots of other different things that it can become, become a temptation to sometimes, you know, maybe cut down in that time with God. And yet it's so important to guard that time. So important to make that time for God. Because if we want to have that relationship with someone, and you know, if you're in a relationship with someone, you want to spend time with them. You want to talk to them. You want to also listen to what they have to say to you. And so that's so important here whenever we come to God's word, that we spend that time talking to God in prayer, but also listening to what God has to say to us, even through his word. But do we make that a priority in our life? 
you know, look at something else. We see in the second point here, what is our attitude towards coming to God? What is our heart for God? It's not only a longing for God, but also in verses 2 to 5, you see that the psalmist delights in God. In verse 2, David remembers what it was like when he was back in Jerusalem. When he was there in Jerusalem, he longed to spend time with God. To even go along to the the temple where the people would worship God. He loved to hear even the singing in the temple. He loved even to see all that went on in the temple. And how even that spoke of God's power and glory. He longed to be there. And you know now even though he was far even from the temple. He was out in that desert. He thought you know the thing I long for most of all. It's not just simply to be in that place of the sanctuary, the temple. He longed to be in God's presence. That's what he longed for in his life. And But look at how, actually, from this point on, the psalm changes. Did you notice in verse 1, it begins with a cry, where he says, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. He's crying out for God. But then here from verses 2 to 5, when he thinks of God, when he remembers God and who he is, Notice how this psalm changes. Before, while he'd been crying out, and you know, there's times in our life where we can have sometimes like a bit of a wilderness experience in our life. There could be times in our life maybe where something happens that we maybe feel maybe alone. Times when we maybe wonder to ourselves, you know, does anyone care about what's happening in my life? Times maybe when it seems we wonder who we can turn to. And during those times, it's important that we do as David did. That we think upon God. That we remember of who God is. You know, often, whenever I'm working with the church in Chapel Baptist, you know, I have occasion sometimes to go visit people. You know, whenever they've maybe received some very bad news, maybe from a doctor, or maybe something's happened to them, they find themselves being admitted suddenly to hospital. And you know, one of the important things that I do is you you go up to a visit with someone. You know, you're not just simply saying to that person, well, you know, you've got to, you know, be encouraged and, and, you know, just cheer up. You don't do that. What you do is you point them to God. I read God's word with them. And what I want them to be reminded of is the character of God, who God is. Because it's important to know when things happen in our life. There can be times in our life where sometimes we can be tempted to doubt and wonder, you know, why has God allowed this to happen? If God loves me, then, then why has this gone on? Why have I received this news? And that's why it's important during those times, and when I go up to, to visit, I read God's word and I remind people that though maybe their circumstances has changed, God hasn't. God's still the same. And you know what? God still loves them. God still cares deeply, even for you as well. And though maybe there's times in your life where you're maybe wondering, you know, am I on my own here? I need to remind you, and you need to remind yourself as well too, from God's word. Remind yourselves of those promises that God doesn't leave you or forsake you. Remind yourselves of that word, and he won't break that word. He keeps his promises. Look how it changes here. Verse 3. Your love is better than life. My lips will praise you. My lips will glorify you. You know, that's a pretty strong words, isn't it? God's love is better than life. You know, our lives are precious things, aren't they? I'm sure everyone would acknowledge that, 
you know, life is a good thing and you try and hang on to it as much as you can. That's why people exercise and, and try and eat well. Something that I try and do, try and exercise and eat well, to be honest, it doesn't always go so well some days, particularly when people come in and offer you cups of tea and, and cream buns and all that sort of thing as well too. But people try and look after themselves because they want to hold on to life. It's why even if we maybe are given some news as well about our own health and the doctor says you have to go through this procedure, you're willing to do that because you want to hold on to that life. You know, life is one of the most precious possessions even that we have as well. And yet David says the love of God is even greater than this. David knew of God's love throughout his life, his love in the past, how God had worked in the past through his people, how God had also even kept him safe as well. During those times when others turned against him, God never turned him away. How God had helped him to defeat even Goliath as well. How God had protected him when others like King Saul had come to to seek his life. And I wonder, can you think back to what God has done in your life? Can you think back to maybe how God has given you even friends, a family, a home? If you're a Christian, how God has saved you. How God has even kept you through those difficult times. How God has even answered your prayers as well. You know, that's a good thing to do. Whenever we pray about something, they actually even note down when those prayers are answered. Because it actually encourages us. And whenever we do have those difficult times again, it's good to be reminded of exactly who God is and what he's done in your past. Because that actually is going to help you in the present. To know God doesn't change. You know, he's done all those things before for you and he continue to help you even in the here and now. And here's something wonderful. The Bible tells us for those who put their trust in Christ, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Not life. Not even other powers, it says, even can come upon us. Not even death can separate us from God if our faith is in Christ Jesus. And David says this, verse 4, I'm going to praise you even with my lips as well. I praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I lift up my hands. You know, that's a big thing to say, even in the midst of the difficult wilderness times, that we can still praise God. You know, even in the most uncertain of days, you know, those circumstances change. God doesn't. He says, in your name, I lift up my hands. And in Old Testament times, this was how uh, some prayed. It symbolized them lifting up their prayer to God and their open hands being waiting even to receive even that God's answer to that prayer. But look at verse 5. He longs for God. He's one who's also, he delights in God. And you know, the Christian life, it's meant to be not endured, but enjoyed. We enjoy God. And that's why the second point here reminds us we're to delight in him. We'd be satisfied with him. David knew that whenever he prayed to God, he believed that that prayer was going to be answered. He knew that if he sought God, he'd be satisfied in him. And it's like the image here in verse 5. He'd be satisfied as with the richest of foods. You know, whenever I think about maybe having the richest of foods, probably the best example that I can think of is maybe the likes of your Christmas dinner. You think the feeling that you feel after your Christmas dinner, I don't know about you, but I absolutely, I could probably have a Christmas dinner every day of the week. I love it that much. You know, the turkey, the stuffing, 
the cranberry sauce. I have to stop talking about it, otherwise I'd be getting hungry here. But you know, when you think about that, you think about what it's like after you've had your Christmas dinner. You you just sit back after it and you relax, satisfied. You've had enough. You've had had your fill, and you just very simply sat back. And that's the image that the psalmist is using here. David says, I long for God, I delight in God, and I know God will satisfy me. You know, Jesus also spoke a woman of a woman like this. A woman who had a great need as well, but she'd been looking for that satisfaction in all the wrong places. And yet Jesus said, if you come to me, I'll give you living water, which can satisfy even the thirsting soul. You know, people look for peace, they look for joy, they look for satisfaction, but sometimes they look for it in the wrong things. Things that maybe only satisfy them for a, for a moment and then leave a, a sense of emptiness even after. But Christ is one who truly satisfies, one who truly even meets our deepest need. Can you see that God is good? The Christian life is meant to be one that's enjoyed. And notice what a difference it makes for one who longs for God, one who delights in God. The third thing shows us in verses 68 how we can even rest in God. You know, whenever you've been satisfied in God, whenever you've had actually your remember your Christmas dinner, that image of having that lovely rich banquet of food even in front of you, you just sit back. And I don't know about you, but after your Christmas dinner, you know, some people go out for a walk, but I have to confess, I probably lie there more and sleep more than often. And David here in verse 6 says, you know, he can even rest in God. On my bed I remember you, I think of you through the watches of the night. You know, in those days, the evening they divided it up into actually three, um, three sections with four hours each. And the idea was the watchman would come along for four hours each. So for four hours, one would come along, then another. So you know the way some nights if you uh, maybe don't sleep, you maybe watch the clock. I don't know about you, but sometimes you do that if, if you can't sleep during the night. You watch the clock and it seems the hours tick by. David, he couldn't look at his wristwatch. What he did was he could look at the watchman coming and going. So he says, even in these night watches, he says that I think of you. He thought of the Lord. So look what he did. Even when he was far away from even his palace, when he was far away from his friends, he did two things. He remembers God. He thinks on what God has done for him. Verse 7, you have been my help. He knew how God cared for him, how God loved him, how God helped him. And look at the difference that made to his life. Look what he says after that. Because you are my help, I can sing in the shadow of your wings. You know, whenever you're maybe feeling a little bit nervous, whenever you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, you don't normally sing. You know, many times, like when you're going up and maybe waiting on a hospital appointment, you don't feel like singing in the waiting room. That doesn't normally happen in the waiting room. But here is one who, whenever he knows that God has his help, it can give him even that strength can give him even that strength, even in this difficult time, to know that it's like God has, has covered him with, like a, like almost like a mother hen covering her young with her wings, protecting them. Because God is his help, because God is protection, he can even sing. He can even sing. 
Now, I'm not suggesting if you go into your doctors or you go into your wait for the dentist the more that you start singing in the waiting room, otherwise you'll be getting some funny looks. But rather, what it means here is if God is your help, if God is your protection, then think of that comfort you can have. To know that actually you're putting your trust in him and he will help and he will give you that strength. But notice he resolves to do something else. Not only does he remember God, verse 8, his soul clings to God. He's clinging to God with the very depths of his being. It's like that image of a, a young child. Maybe You know the way sometimes uh, uh, if you go into maybe, sometimes when I'm visiting people maybe haven't visited before, if they have maybe their, their, or maybe their children or their grandchildren in the home, and maybe you know that little child hasn't met you before and they're feeling a little bit uncertain, what do they usually do? They usually run over to their <laughs> mum or their granny and they usually cling on to them, don't they? They cling to them for safety. And usually then, when you see the mother or the father, whatever, move around the house, usually the wee one follows after them, don't, don't they? It's that image here as well. One who clings to God. David had to do this himself. He, you know, he had to cling to God. He was determined to follow God, even as well. And it says when he does this, that look what God does for him. It says your right hand upholds him. You know, in the Bible, this image of the right hand spoke of strength. The right hand spoke of strength. And David knew because God was his help, he would strengthen him. And you know what? That strength wouldn't fail. You know, there's times in our life where our strength can fail. There's times in our life where we can rely on our own strength. And sometimes, at times, we think we're stronger than actually what we really are. And yet God is one in whom we always can depend. One who will never fail. One who never turns away. You know, one time my, my boss, uh, and I used to work in, um, in computers for a number of 